my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the HR Sound Off Podcast Show. My name is Julie Turney, and I am your host. How are you doing today? Remember, the HR Sound Off Podcast Show is brought to you by an HR professional for HR professionals, magnifying HR voices. And today, we are going to magnify the wonderful voice of Cindy Mora. Cindy, it's nice to meet you. How are you doing today? I'm great. So excited to be here, Julie. Thank you. You're welcome. Welcome to the show. So why don't we start off by telling everyone who is Cindy and how did you get into HR? Yeah, great. Um, Sure. So I have an interesting kind of start into the HR, HRBP side. I Mm -hmm. originally thought um, at age 18, right, we all know everything at age 18, (laughs) that I was going to go (laughs) <laughs> into into labor uh, into labor relations in the United States. Here, uh, my dad uh, was a lobbyist in that space, and mm-hmm. this is something I'd always been exposed to. Had a great opportunity to go to an undergraduate school in Boston, Massachusetts, that had a co-op program, and through those great experiences, spent a lot of um, my co-ops in internal HR management roles in a variety of industries and really fell in love with the HR function in these Mm -hmm. industries that were going through a huge amount of change. Uh, One being technology at the time, it was was during a dot-com boom. And so Mm -hmm. really, really resonated change in HR as a strategic function. And that really began my career in HR. Uh, mm-hmm. I've spent the last uh, two decades in HR roles, primarily in financial services. Uh, my last okay. role was as an HR key leader for corporate functions at a fairly large size private equity firm. And then in 2022, I left uh, for personal reasons. My husband and I relocated from Boston, Massachusetts to Connecticut. And right mm-hmm. now I am doing my own thing as an HR consultant engaged on some HR transformation work right now with a client. Wow, awesome. So you've led quite a little interesting HR career. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I have to say, you're probably the first person that I've spoken to who's had a parent who has been in the employee relations side of things. For the listeners that I've had in the past, their parents have been in recruitment and then that's what's brought them to, to oh, okay. HR or that they've makes been sense. in HR. Yes. Yeah. Um, because employee relations, when you think about it, is not the most pleasant or <laughs> no, sexy side of HR, Exactly. Right? It's not the Hollywood of HR functions. <laughs> no. Exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. no. <laughs> Can you tell us, Cindy, what was it about um, your father and the work that he did that really impressed on you wanting to start a, a career in, in that space? Yeah, uh, excellent. Yeah, I think he was really watching the passion as a lobbyist and lobbying state and federal agencies for the betterment of employee and workers in the Mm -hmm. workspace and and is watching that passion 
for that and being around and exposed to these conversations at such a young age uh, that when I got mm-hmm. to a point in undergraduate to do these amazing co-ops um, and work inside some amazing organizations, really seeing, okay, HR can be bigger than labor relations. Mm-hmm. There's HR business partnering, there's total yep. rewards, there's talent mm-hmm. acquisition and the impact that those functions all together in can have on the business. I, I, I was hooked. I'm always surprised when I hear people talk about their love for employee relations, but I mean, it's not sexy, right? Really. Yeah, it's not the Hollywood not, part of HR. Yeah. Not, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah it, it really is not. Um, but I, it is definitely necessary. And mm-hmm. I think um, while I have a, a, an appreciation for uh, for lobbyists or union workers, um, people who actually represent the employees. I believe that if we as HR people are creating the best experiences that we could possibly create for the organization, then we shouldn't need to have those interactions, right? Yeah. What are your thoughts? On, yeah, it's, on... it's so interesting because one of, only one of my careers, I've, I was actually in a unionized environment. Most of my mm-hmm. HR experience has been in either financial services, asset management, professional services, where you don't really see Mm -hmm. those unionized um, environments. And so it's really interesting that even though I was exposed to it so early on, um, that Mm -hmm. I I pivoted into industries that really were focused on culture and employee experience, and you didn't really see that, but have a huge amount of respect for those industries that continue to um, being unionized like manufacturing yeah. and, and others yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely yeah I do have an appreciation for them I just like you um, but it's my personal preference not to work in organizations mm-hmm. that are unionized yeah. in the past the whole different skill corporate... set that I have a yeah, lot of respect it... for HR pros who do that yeah is yes absolutely so you heard it right here, guys. Hats off to all of you HR people who do work in unionized environments and hats off to you union people too, because the job that you have is necessary, clearly. Um, we just wish that, you know, it wasn't, but hey, it is what it is exactly. until it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us what's got you excited about the HR space right now? What are you loving about being in HR right now, especially as a consultant? Yeah, I, I, this is a great time to be in HR. I really think the profession itself is going through a huge transformation with a focus mm-hmm. on this next-gen HR model. Um, and mm-hmm. really, I, you've seen other corporate functions go through it. You've seen marketing as a function go through it. You've seen finance as a function go through it. And I really feel mm-hmm. like it's HR's time now to really pivot and transition as a profession and as an industry Mm -hmm. and really start to focus in on being strategic, being data-driven, and really enabling the business to achieve their their business objectives and and goals. Yeah, definitely. I think um, as a result of the pandemic, if um, there was a report that I read from Sage that said, you know, lead, most leaders, CEOs now recognize the part that HR can mm-hmm. play as a true strategic partner. And so when you think about how do we really make that, get that to, how do we show up that way as a true strategic partner? If that's something that some of our listeners are struggling with right now, what advice would you give them? 
Yeah, it was, I'm going to just repeat the advice that I got really early on in my career mm-hmm. from someone who I consider a mentor now. And mm-hmm. we are, a majority of us are in titles or roles that say HR business partner. So your, your, mm-hmm. your title literally says you're part of the business. And I, I really have always led with that of how do you do really great, impactful HR, but also yeah. be a part of the business, enable them, understand their, what their goals are, what their KPIs are, what, who are their competitors. I, I think if you can do those mm-hmm. two things really well, mm-hmm. you will have built that meaningful relationship and continue to add um, value to the, to the organization. Um, and, yeah. and so keep asking questions, keep asking your leaders questions, what's going on, what keeps you up at night about mm-hmm. your business, I think would be my biggest advice. Great advice. I love the advice about staying curious and not just curious about your business, but also curious about your industry. Like I believe that it's important for you to understand your industry, the industry that you're in and how it exists and how it works and which talent pool you're all dipping into. If it's the same talent pool, what can you be doing a little bit differently to change the experience that you're giving your candidates so that it's one above your competitors experience so always having competitive advantage applies to hr too totally and sometimes i think we don't think about that you know and then also i love the advice that you gave around you know asking your ceo those very important questions about what keeps them up at night um and i feel that's a question that you should ask every member of your Mm c-suite your cfo your head of marketing i feel like those are very important questions that you need to be asking those managers because that helps you with creating better product services and experiences for the organization too so really great advice on on how to stay strategic or be more strategic in in the organization i think one of the things a lot of people struggle with and i i again i am one for data um, and so in a recent survey that i saw by the academy to innovate hr mm-hmm. um, when they do their t-shaped professional assessments they are assessing for different things like business acumen data analytics hr technology and governance and those different things and i think a lot of people struggle with most people actually struggle with the data side of things mm-hmm. um, and really as hr people understanding how do we take that data and move it from just being a number to a story about the people to creating actual products and services and getting the necessary resources to do that to create better experiences for people. What are some of the things that you found helpful during your career to help you do that? Yeah, a great question. And early on in my career and in even growing up, um, math was just not something I was drawn to, nor was it something that Mm -hmm. I was pushed into. And so just went through Mm -hmm. thinking like, okay, check the box, you know, pass the class, whatever, I'm never going to need math ever again. And then early on um, in in my career, after a few years of working in HR, I actually went to business school and obtained my Mm -hmm. MBA, which really helped me. And my my catalyst for that was I was working in a, um, for an investment division of a very large insurance organization. And I was just completely enthralled with the conversations going around with the investment leaders, but I had really had no idea what they were talking about, to be honest. And mm. so I was like, I need to learn what they're talking about so I can stay at this table. So I went and got my MBA and then I went into compensation consulting for a, a large professional service organization. 
and mm-hmm. had a great opportunity to realize that uh, compensation is an art, not really a science, and not to be scared of it. Um, and with that that lens, something just switched in me, and I started to embrace it. And, and clearly, compensation, right? There's a lot of data, yeah. um, mm-hmm. that, you know, a lot, and, and through consulting and through learning how to be a consultant and use data to influence and help solve your clients' problems and opportunities. Really, when I yes. went back into the, I did that for about four years, and then I went back into the internal side and really took that with me as an HR business partner um, and had a great opportunity to just work with a lot of business lines that were data-driven. I ended up back mm. at a, a second insurer, um, and it, which is a heavily regulated space here, and mm-hmm. being able to form an opinion but back it up with data was so impactful um, in building yes. that meaningful relationship with the business and continue to add value, especially when it came to change and needing to mm-hmm. either go through restructures or just changing um, a business line's focus and being able to bring in, okay, well, now we need these types of employees and this is what the external talent pool looks like and this is how we're going to do it. Uh, it just made me a better HR professional. I love what you said about, you know, just making sure that you not only have a thought or a feeling about a particular thing, but that you also have the data to back it up. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think a lot of times for us as HR professionals, we do have, you know, we want to do things, but we don't have the full story. We know why we need to do it. We know it is necessary, but we don't have the full story of, how to get us to get the leadership to go, okay, we'll bite. Yeah. And understanding your numbers is what gets you there. Absolutely. I I, I, mm-hmm. I feel like the, the business is running their business based on their, their dashboards, their KPIs, mm-hmm. and you have C-suite members and VPs and all, all the executives are not making business decisions on a gut. They probably have experience and they're using right. the their business data to um make those decisions and so if, if we're me hr as hr professionals are meeting with them and need to especially rally them around a point of view mm-hmm. that particularly maybe they don't want um because it's a tough one or it's something that's going to take time on their part i feel like co- mm-hmm. coming in with the data to really yeah. ring home like yeah this is the right decision that that we need to make um, and, and mm-hmm. really showing them and proving it out from that perspective. So let me ask you this. What's some of the best um, HR tech that you've worked with to help you oh, wow. put over your... Um... <laughs> I've, I've never <laughs> asked this question before. You're the first person I'm asking this question to. I think I'm going to stick with it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's, worked for, what's worked for you, Cindy? Yeah, that, that's a great question. Um, and so I, I have worked in HR organizations that have literally done comp planning on the back of a napkin. And I have worked at organizations <laughs> that have bought the whole entire suite for a work day or a work day esque like. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I really, th- and then there's the middle, right? Where you maybe you purchase right. HR tech, but you don't turn everything on because you're not quite sure. sure. And I, I really think each of those situations fit that com- those companies where they were. It was right. how they used it. It, it doesn't right. make sense. And I, I've also seen this where companies invest in amazing, the, the best HR tech out there. 
and then they don't mm -hmm. use it. Right. It's yeah. like, okay, we're going to flip the switch on Jan one to work day or to, and then nothing happens. And so mm -hmm. my biggest learning and my biggest piece of advice would be figure out what you need and then use it. Don't go through this huge change management, right? Because that's huge impact to your employees, to your managers, yeah. to your leaders, to introduce HR tech, make sure you're, mm -hmm. you're, you're using it and in meeting your organization where they are too, right? right. Is going to be yes. really important, but um, yeah. I am, I am a big uh, workday fan, not sponsored, but I, I, I do like workday. Mm -hmm. Well, I heard you say workday a couple of times. So I was like, even though <laughs> you were talking and going, I no, I don't have any particular one, but I heard workday mentioned a couple of times. I figured workday has to be it. Yeah. Um, I do love the dashboards on, on workday. I think it's such a sleek um, platform and it is quite user-friendly. Um, so workday, um, anyone listening to this who's from workday, I, I'm interested in learning more to be able to share that with my, with, with the audience. So for sure, thank cool. you for mentioning them. You're welcome. Um, Cindy, yeah. <laughs> appreciate it. So, so tell us, Cindy, um, what do you do to take care of yourself? So you've come out of the corporate space now, which came with its own pressures mm. and challenges. Um, you know, you have a family, you're now consulting. What are you doing to pour back into Cindy and take care of you? Yeah, that's a great question. I love that because I, I think as HR pros, we forget, right? We are, we mm -hmm. especially coming out of 2020 and 2021, we were just so focused on making sure that employees were having a great experience, making sure that managers were having an experience and bringing like the Viking ship, bringing it all through, right? And if one or went out of whack, everything kind of went out of whack and we just were, we're so frenzied. And so yeah. now um, we're all at a point and I, I have a, I have a great group of virtual workout group um, that was formed during COVID from a former employer. There's uh, four of us and we are all distributed geographically across the United States, but every Monday through Friday, 6.30 AM, we are hopping on our, either our Peloton bike or our Peloton app and doing some mm -hmm. sort of commitment for 30 minutes in ourselves. Wow. And I have to say, it, it, and we keep each other accountable. Um, mm -hmm. and, and we have formed this this virtual group um, in this like, mm -hmm. oh, it, and I've learned so much and I had a great opportunity. I hadn't met two of them um, because it, it was just all virtual. They were friends of friends mm -hmm. and friends of coworkers. And so we all met yeah. a few months together in Brooklyn. Uh, and it was just a great opportunity. And now I consider them some some really great close personal friends. But that dedication to just taking 30 minutes, and it, it doesn't have to mm -hmm. be a Peloton. It can be reading. It can be whatever. It can be whatever your passion is. Uh, find yeah. that 30 minutes and just turn everything off um, mm -hmm. has been my biggest takeaway from that experience. Nice. I like that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Again, the power of community and that you can find them. You can find community community pretty much anywhere, but yes. to find HR people on Peloton, like, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. My next question for you is, what are you reading, watching, listening to right now that you think our audience would enjoy? Oh, good one. Uh, I have two uh, that I'm, I'm really, two podcasts uh, other than yours, okay. obviously. Um, Thank you. <laughs> that uh, right now I'm really fiercely listening to Future of HR podcast hosted by JP Elliott. 
Uh, He's been brought in some amazing next gen HR leaders and Mm -hmm. it's been great for professional development, but also like, yes, this is where HR is going and transformation is hard and change is hard, but I'm not the, I don't feel like I'm the only one right now. And it's like, yeah, HR can be better and it can be, it can do all Mm -hmm. these things. Um, and mm-hmm. just being able to listen to this podcast of leaders who are at Fortune 100s and Fortune 50s doing this great mm-hmm. transformative HR work has been really motivating um, and, mm-hmm. and learning. And then also personally, um, I guess, and this goes to your other question too, how to pour back into Cindy, avid listener mm-hmm. of the, the Mel Robbins podcast. So many oh, I love things Mel she Robbins. shares personally, but also professionally that mm-hmm. you can bring in as HR pros too, right? About relationship building and humor and Mm -hmm. coping and and just all of that. So, yeah. Yeah. I think Mel Robbins has a very special way about her that makes you tap constantly into your inner child. Yes. Um, But also that makes you realize that a lot of stuff that you're experiencing as an adult is connected to your childhood. And then what are the practical ways that you can actually deal with that and that she's willing to open up the space to have those honest, open conversations with yourself. Um, And if not with her, I've learned a lot um, from following Mel Robbins. I'm a huge fan of Mel Robbins. Um, I'm actually of recent um, because I do listen to her podcast as well Um, but of recent she started a subscriptions group on her Instagram account and she she shares motivational um, quotes and also asks you questions that make you constantly tap into yourself so I've enjoyed um, experiencing that so if you're a, a if you follow Mel Robbins and you follow her on Instagram and you're not tapped into her her subscribe her subscription group, um, I highly recommend tapping into that yeah, as well. I'm, if you're I'm not, not listening to her podcast, tap into that podcast because yes. she is fabulous, yeah. absolutely fabulous. And her it, it, vulnerability, yeah, huge, is unreal. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yes, yes. So thank you so much for sharing that. I, yeah, Mel Robbins for the win today (laughs) so let me ask you the big question yeah what is the biggest misconception about hr that really bothers you right here right now that you want to set the record straight on oh my gosh that is it's a i i feel like we could spend 30 minutes on it's a big one one. it is a big one uh it it really is um goes back to the perception of hr right um, I, and I, I made this comment, I was just on vacation down in Cape Cod in Massachusetts with two other families. And I feel like other than the medical profession, HR is the mm-hmm. only profession where you say, hey, I work in HR, that people are going to like ask you your opinion and, you know, show you their ugly scab and say like, hey, can you diagnose this for me? Right. And I, mm-hmm. I think it goes mm-hmm. back to how people who aren't in HR or who aren't in organizations that value HR have set up HR's perception as being yeah. administrative or mm-hmm. just that they're going to, the, the doers of everything, they're going to solve all the problems. Yep. And if it doesn't work, mm-hmm. it's always HR's fault, which fault. I think is completely on the, the, the mm-hmm. false end of the spectrum. And really where I'd love to see HR perfection 
in any industry is, is really that strategic business partner. And I don't care what your title yeah. is, but be at the table and inform and add value to business decisions yes. and really help move the business forward. Um, because mm-hmm. that is what HR can do through employee yes. experience, through um, candidate experience, through mm-hmm. really, really strong workforce planning and HR business partnering mm-hmm. and even in employer relations, right, is has a part yeah. of that strategy. Um, and so mm-hmm. I'd love to get away from the administrative. They're going to do everything, including, you know, throwing company parties, which is not HR's function to you know, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to help drive the business forward. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's such a powerful thing. Thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. I got to say, it almost ties in very much with the topic that I talk about a lot, which is that I think HR professionals are the hidden first responders of the organization. Mm-hmm. And I think if you think about first responders, whether, you know, we're always outing fires, yeah. slaying dragons, yeah, right? Um, we are always like the nurses patching up things, okay, um, and mediating through things. And then we're the doctors who are trying to understand what the actual problem is that we go through before we diagnose and get a clear understanding. We test um, to make sure that everything is the way it should be before we give a, a full diagnosis and make any recommendations for any kind of medication that needs to be issued to, to heal a problem that you have. And so when I think of those experiences of the mental health challenges that that first mm-hmm. responders experience i put hr professionals in a similar category especially having gone through covid um where we all went through that together as a yes. profession and it wasn't just different things happening in different parts of the world and we were learning but we were all experiencing covid and we were all mm-hmm. learning from each other and it's so it kind of put every hr professional on on equal footing and then also it put the organization in a space to be able to recognize, well, hey, these first responders that we have here are really making an impact in our in our yeah. organization. And maybe we have been holding them back from doing their jobs effectively because we haven't taken the time to understand who they are and what their needs really are and to really value and appreciate them as we do our first responders that we stood outside and we clapped for really right. loudly during the pandemic, mm-hmm. right? Um, so to your point, I really do um, wholeheartedly agree with you that HR professionals can be so much more um, if you give us the chance. Yeah. We're more than the hiring and firing squad. Exactly. And the paper pushers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with you totally on that. So tell us, what is next for Cindy Moore? That's a great question. You're in consulting now. You yeah. stepped out of corporate. You're mm-hmm. you're on your own. What's yes. next? That's, a, that's great. Uh, right now, it is uh, focusing in on this amazing client I have who's going through a huge, huge change and transformation. Um, mm-hmm. And really, it's um, to never say never to the future, too, right? Maybe mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a situation down the road where I go back internal and I go back in the house and then... Um, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if that will ever happen. Um, But right now, it's truly focusing in on my clients who have Mm -hmm. all come out of change, have all come out of the pandemic and really enabling them to 
um, move their organizations forward from an HR mm -hmm. lens. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, we wish you all the best. Thank Cindy. you. Um, and with that being said, you have survived your time in the sound booth today. Can you tell <laughs> our beautiful audience where they can find you on social media? Sure, sure. Uh, professionally, the best place to find me is on LinkedIn under my name, Cindy, mm -hmm. uh, C-I-N-D-Y, Maurer, M-A-U-R-E-R. If you are uh, any lovers of cats, my Instagram is full of my cats. So ah. if you would like to follow me on my Instagram, I can't guarantee you'll get mm -hmm. any HR wisdom notes but you'll see lots of cute cats <laughs> i love that i love that well hey that's the other side of cindy right yeah exactly we all have our thing <laughs> yep yes we definitely do cats are so sassy they have oh. their own personalities oh, yeah and attitudes. ours yeah we have two that came out of a pretty horrific situation and so they are they're scrappy they are fighters they are sassy uh, but they mm -hmm. are living their best life here uh, in, in safe um, and sound. Yeah. Nice, nice. What are their names? Uh, oh, God. Uh, I didn't count my years <laughs> to talk about my cats. I'm embarrassed, Julie. Uh, but my husband will no, love this. <laughs> uh, puppy, cat, and dormouse. There's two of them. Yeah. Puppy, puppy and dormouse? Mm -hmm. Yep. Wow. So like the complete opposite of things that cats like. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's so cool. Thank you so much for being here today, Cindy. Thank it was you, an absolute Julie. pleasure to have this conversation with you. We wish you all the very best and, and we'll continue to follow your journey and support you and cheer you on wherever you wherever your journey takes you. Oh, I love it. So much great energy this morning. Thank you, Julie. You're welcome. Thank you for joining me for this episode of HR Sound Off. I hope that you found it useful. You can find this and all other episodes of HR Sound Off on all major podcast platforms. Spotify, Apple, Amazon, you name it, we're there. Remember, HR Sound Off is created by HR professionals for HR professionals. If you would like to share your story, then reach out to us and let us know. Make sure to hit the notification bell and subscribe to HR Sound Off on YouTube as well as Podbean. And we'll see you again when we next sound off.